0: Welcome to the National Vaccine Information Center's Vaccine Science and Policy podcast series. These podcasts are from previously recorded and referenced commentaries and articles produced by NVIC, a charitable nonprofit organization.
1: My name is Barbara Low Fisher. My son was injured by DPT vaccine in 1980. And this is a commentary brought to you by the nonprofit National Vaccine Information Center. You can read this commentary on NVIC.org where there are live links to all references. Well, it's that time of the year again, when drug companies, doctors, government officials, and media conduct a national advertising campaign to sell flu shots to every American. You can't pass by a pharmacy, enter a supermarket, shop in a big box store, or catch a plane without seeing the flu shots for sale signs trolling for customers. The pharmaceutical industry is cutting out the MD middleman and going straight for the gold in places where we shop for toothpaste, clothes, and food. Even on the evening news, flu shot commercials are becoming as frequent as political campaign ads. Up until the year 2000, flu shots were not recommended for everyone. Back in the 1990s, doctors were telling seniors over age 65 and younger people with chronic illness to get vaccinated. Now doctors at the CDC tell every man, woman and child over six months old, they need an annual flu shot and it is okay for healthcare workers to be fired if they don't get vaccinated every year. In the states of Connecticut and New Jersey, mandates are already in place that force parents to give their six month old babies flu vaccine or be banned from daycare. This, as state health department officials Join with Medical Trade Association lobbyists in many states to severely restrict or eliminate medical, religious, and conscientious belief exemptions for vaccination for all children. The vaccine liability shield that Congress gave doctors and drug companies in 1986, and the public-private business partnership between government and the pharmaceutical industry that Congress created after September 11, 2001, is paying big dividends for liability-free drug companies and liability-free doctors selling flu shots to more than 300 million Americans. It doesn't matter if 80% of all flu-like illness is really caused by other viruses and bacteria and not influenza, or that flu vaccine efficacy is estimated at 60 to 80%, depending upon age and what kind of vaccine is given. The selling of influenza vaccine has a lot to do with selling big morbidity and mortality numbers. So how bad were those numbers in the late 20th century to justify government taking a no-exceptions-cradle-to-the-grave approach to flu shots for every American in the 21st century? Let's take a quick look at the hype versus the evidence. The first experimental influenza vaccines were given to soldiers in World War II. It wasn't until the 1957, 58, and 1968, 69 influenza pandemics that the vaccine was marketed to to civilians. Between 1970 and 2000, the trivalent influenza vaccine, containing two strains of type A influenza and one strain of type B influenza, was primarily recommended for the elderly. That's because respiratory infections, especially with pneumonia complications, have always been a leading cause of death for people at the end of their lifespan. There was only one deadly influenza pandemic in the last 100 years that killed the young and healthy in great numbers, and that was the 1918 Spanish flu. It turns out that bacterial pneumonia is what killed most people, young or old, in the 1918 pandemic. Today, antibiotics would have prevented most of those deaths. But just how bad is seasonal influenza today? The CDC has been telling the public for nearly a decade that there are more than 200,000 estimated hospitalizations and 36,000 estimated deaths from influenza in the U.S. every year. But are those figures accurate? Well, it all depends upon the use of the word estimate. The U.S. Agency for Healthcare Research and Quality reported that in 2004, there were about 37,000 Americans hospitalized for either influenza or another illness in addition to influenza, and patients over age 85 were twice as likely to die. 37,000 influenza hospitalizations is five times less than the 200,000 hospitalization figure the CDC uses. Now, that's because what CDC employees did to come up with their influenza hospitalization estimate was to count a lot of people hospitalized between 1979 and 2001, not just with influenza, but also with pneumonia, respiratory, and circulatory illnesses, which they counted as probably associated with influenza, and they got away with it. In 2003, CDC employees also used a convoluted statistical modeling scheme to estimate that 36,000 people die from influenza in the U.S. every year. Again, they counted not just influenza death cases, but also threw in other respiratory, circulatory, cardiac, and pulmonary deaths they thought might have been associated with influenza. And they got away with it. In 2005, a young Ph.D. candidate at MIT published an article in the British Medical Journal and asked the question, are US flu death figures more PR than science? He analyzed the US vital statistics mortality data, which has been carefully recorded for more than a century by the National Center for Health Statistics. I recently looked at that vital statistic data too and created a chart of influenza and pneumonia deaths recorded between 1940 and 2010. Here is what I found. Since 1940, the highest number of influenza deaths recorded in a single year was 21,047 deaths in 1941. In fact, the mortality rate from influenza was not rising in the late 20th century. As the CDC employees have alleged, it was dropping. There were only between 600 and 750 influenza deaths recorded annually between 1995 and 1997. The most influenza deaths recorded in a single year since 1979 was about 2,900 deaths, and that was in 2009, the H1N1 swine flu pandemic year. But that didn't stop CDC policymakers along with drug company and medical trade association lobbyists ever present at the policymaking table from using inflated influenza hospitalizations and mortality estimates to justify expanding the influenza vaccine market. In 2000, CDC policymakers voted to expand flu shot recommendations to all healthy Americans over age 50. Out of a population of 300 million, There were 1,726 recorded influenza deaths that year. In 2002, CDC voted to add all healthy babies from 6 to 23 months old. There were 727 recorded influenza deaths that year. In 2006, CDC voted to recommend flu shots for all healthy children up to five years old, as well as all healthy pregnant women in any trimester. There were 848 recorded influenza deaths that year. In 2007, CDC voted to add all healthy children up to eight years old. There were 411 recorded influenza deaths that year. In 208, CDC voted to recommend annual flu shots for all healthy children up to age 18 years. There were 1,722 recorded influenza deaths that year. In 2009, the Secretaries of Health and Homeland Security declared a national emergency because they said pandemic H1N1 swine flu was sweeping the country and tens of thousands of people could die. Liability-free drug companies were told to rush an experimental swine flu vaccine to the market. In 2010, a year when there were 494 recorded influenza deaths, the CDC officials finally reached the ultimate goal of their long game. They told doctors to give annual flu shots to every American, healthy or not, from the year of birth to the year of death. And they got away with it. They got away with it because the CDC does not require states to quote, report individual seasonal flu cases or deaths of people older than 18 years of age. That's right. The CDC is not actually asking for the information they need to accurately assess influenza, morbidity and mortality in the US. It would be funny if people weren't actually losing their jobs or being denied daycare or becoming paralyzed by this no exceptions flu shot policy. Today, the global market for seasonal influenza vaccine is $3.6 billion. And forecasters have recently reported that the U.S. is the single biggest and most profitable market in the world. They say the huge U.S. market is, quote, driven by price increases and high vaccine coverage rates generated by the 2009 influenza pandemic and the government's, quote, universal flu shot recommendation in 2010. They add that, quote, campaigning by U.S. authorities will continue to drive up flu shot sales. Meanwhile, doctors at the CDC now quietly admit on their website that, quote, CDC does not know exactly how many people die from seasonal flu each year. While having gotten that cradle-to-the-grave flu shot recommendation firmly in place, they are now backing away from the 36,000 influenza death figure. CDC now says that, quote, Only 8.5% of all pneumonia and influenza deaths and only 2.1% of all respiratory and circulatory deaths are influenza related. You can almost hear those liability-free drug companies and doctors laughing all the way to the bank. Go to NVIC.org to learn more about influenza and the vaccine. It's your health, your family. Your choice.
0: Before you take a risk, find out what it is. To learn more about vaccines, diseases, and the human right to informed consent, visit MVIC.org, the website of the nonprofit charity, the National Vaccine Information Center. Since 1982, MVIC has worked to prevent vaccine injuries and deaths through public education and to secure informed consent protections in US vaccine policies and laws. Visit mbic.org and mbicadvocacy.org to get well-referenced vaccine information that you can trust and share with your family, friends, and members of your community. It's your health, your family, your choice.